How are you, Travis Jones? I'm fantastic, buddy. How are you? Yeah, good. Enjoy your Christmas day. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, it was great with the boys, uh, presents and food and, yeah, man, like Christmas is fun. Yeah, so, saw some happy snaps at the beach, classic Aussie style. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Mate, I thought what better way to um, finish the year off with, than a conversation with a topic like this one. So, as we know, personal trainers, they start the year, gym owners, they're pumped, they've got all these big goals. But honestly, 90% of them, maybe more, maybe less, don't hit their goals. Maybe they get close or maybe they don't get anywhere near it. But like, why do you think that is? Like, Why do you think the majority of people don't hit their goals that they set at the start of the year? Because everyone sets high expectations for themselves, right? I think it's like New Year's resolutions, right? We feel so excited at the start of the year that, you know, this year is going to be the year and I'm going to, you know, read the books. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to take action. I'm going to do all the stuff that I need to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, February hits or March hits or a problem hits or an obstacle. um, And we don't have clarity on how to push through the obstacle because essentially that's what it is, right? It's clarity that that allows you to keep going. Um, And because all of a sudden we, we don't have clarity, we lack the discipline then because we don't feel like we have the momentum. It's easy once you have momentum to stay disciplined, right? But because we don't have the momentum then, then I think people just sort of fall by the wayside and they're like, oh, it's too hard or I'm going to justify or I'll make excuses or I'll blame people. You know, they walk, walk, fall into that sort of victim state um, yeah. as to why they're not going to achieve their goals. And then essentially they just set smaller shitty goals. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's an issue with goal setting or because I think actually that yeah, I look at you because you're, you're very public with your goals. Um, I think yeah. if people go on your Facebook, they'll be able to see your goals from maybe like the last four or five years, right? Um, yeah. And the truth be told, you don't hit every one of your goals, but you no. you set some pretty big goals, right? No, man. Like I, I set massive goals. That's the thing, right? So even when I don't hit my big goals, I'm like, you know what? I still crushed it. Um, like I, I think I wanted like 30 gyms by the end of this year. Man, we have 21. Um, but I set like two years ago, right? Um, but I set goals so big that even if I miss my goals, um, I'm doing okay. And, you know, I can't always see every obstacle, but, you know, this year for me, man, like, you know, we didn't hit the goals we wanted to achieve. Like we wanted to, to open up sort of, I think it was a 10 gyms this year. We opened up uh, six gyms this year um, or five, five or six gyms this year. So we didn't hit it, but I, I got hit in the face with this massive obstacle. And as Mike Tyson would say, you know, like everyone has a plan until you get punched in the fucking face. Um, and I did, I got punched in the face and I had to pivot. Um, I had to, you know, step back for a second, reassess, go, you know, these goals, I need to actually push out six months and we'll hit them in the first six months of next year, reevaluate and move forward. That's okay, but it's not, you know, for us, it's not going to sit in the corner and go, oh, well, woe is me. Um, like, that, that's not what it's about. I think for everyone, you know, you, you have to set these big goals. You have to set goals that kind of frighten you a little bit because your goals can't be based off who you are today. Your goals have to be based off who you need to become to achieve your goals. And then the, the scary part is most people don't become anyone else. They just stay themselves. Have you done both? Have you in the past set like goals but like achievable 
Because um, it's the whole smart goals thing. It's like realistic, achievable. Have you done them or have you always set like crazy goals that like no one would even think about setting? Um, man, like I always set crazy goals. That's this is me though. That most people say, man, you're not going to fucking achieve that. And like sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Because I set these stretch goals, right? These goals that like stretch me outside my comfort zone. They force me to up level. And if I'm like, I normally set it back like once a year. I normally actually do it around March, April, and I'm like a quarter into the year like that first 90 days and I work my work my year through 90 day chunks. Um, and I'm 90 days in and I, and I have to sort of assess this is the first end of the first quarter. I'm like, am I the person I need to be to achieve all, the, all that I want to achieve this year? And I'll sort of sit there one or two days by myself and I sort of lock myself away. And then it's like, no, I'm not. Or I need to get to the next version of me. And what does the next version of me look like? And I'll sort of journal it and I write down. It's like, you know, when I look at my character traits, who do I know? To, where do I need to up level or my leadership traits or my culture and my team development? Or maybe it could just be my productivity. And I look at who I am and who I need to be. And, and I'll sort of go, okay, I've got, you know, three lots of 90 days left in the year and how can I become the person I need to be to achieve the goals because you know achieving the writing down you know I want to achieve these goals we have this when you write down the goals you have this like kick of like the the, the rush it's like yes we feel good writing the goals down right and then we constantly yeah. want to keep writing the goals down because it makes us feel good but doing the work doesn't make us feel good um but also we don't also sometimes we want to write these goals down it's like i'm going to make a million dollar gym um for example but that we don't don't actually reflect and go okay you know who do i need to become to run a million dollar gym or who do i need to become to have a million dollar gym um like what skill levels do i have currently and what skill levels do i need to acquire because that gives you clarity um what disciplines do I have now? What what uh, bad character traits do I need to let go of? And how am I going to let them go? Because there's, there has mm. to be like a not a not to do list, not just a to do list. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, like, let's talk about uh, a not to do list for 2019. Because a lot of people listening here, you know, they've they've set themselves like I've done this in the past. It's like I'm going to like you know, do this every day, post this many times on social media per week and I'm going to, um, you know, film this many videos per week and I'm, and yet you set yourself like things that you think will bring you up to the next level and you set yourself habits, right? Because we all know we should do habits. But I think a lot of people don't think about the not-to-do list, like the things that they need to stop doing which are keeping them stuck, right? So like in your head, like off the top of your head, what's like one of the main things or first two things people need to stop doing. If they really want to like excel next year, um, you know, really transition from mediocre 2018 to like, wow, 2019, like massive breakthrough, what do they need to stop doing? Blaming people for their <laughs> downfalls. <laughs> no, seriously, man. Like I think if you can, every time you catch yourself making excuses or blaming other people, like you got to stop. Um, and it's like, okay, um, I'm like, did you get a hundred leads this month? And they're like, oh, stop. It's not because Facebook's fault. Zuckerberg didn't stop you doing it. You can walk the streets to get the hundred leads. Um, mm -hmm. Like if you stop making excuses or blaming anyone, like you're hundred percent going to move dramatically forward to achieving your goals. And we do it out of habit. Like we, we need to stop making excuses. That is a hundred percent. Like 
you know, there is no one that's going to hold you back but yourself. You got to stop blaming people for, you know, you not achieving anything in life. You got to stop self, you got to stop negative talk um, 100%. Like that's another one. I, I feel that, you know, so many people start to tell themselves, oh, you can't do that or you're not good enough or, you know, you can't achieve this or you, you, um, don't deserve that as well. Or we start saying, you know, if people start feeling this like imposter syndrome, it's like, I shouldn't have success. So they start to sabotage themselves again. Like your internal dialogue is so crucial. Um, you need to, you know, like, you know, on the flip side, you need to have your, your whether it be your affirmations or, you know, your positive self-talk or your gratitude. But I think you have to stop negative self-talk 100%. Uh, you got to stop. Do you have problems with that, with that stuff? Like, like mm. oh, I know you don't have problems with it, but ha- like do negative self-talk ever creep in your head? Does imposter syndrome still like rear its head sometimes? Like, because you've been 100%. at it for a long time, right? Yeah, so what do you do? Man, like, like, how do you deal with that? Like, because it's something that I noticed with you and and Liv, um, your, your wife, your partner, business partner. Like, you guys are really good at not fucking overcomplicating shit and going and like not trying to figure stuff out too much. Like, you're just like, all right, I'm feeling like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Who cares? All right, what am I going to do now? Like instead of like a lot of people like dwell on it, I'm like, oh, oh no, I need to hire a psychologist coach to help me with imposter syndrome and I need to like, you know, read a thousand books to help me with imposter syndrome before they do anything. And it's just like what, what observing you guys, like you just do the opposite. But I guess I want to hear firsthand from like how you guys deal with it. Man, like it's so funny, right? Like I feel like I am not worthy so much. Um, like I tell, it's like, oh, you know, do want to people want to listen to you, or you know, like you know, should you have a twelve million dollar company? Like you know, like I, I ask myself all the time. It's like, oh, but your cost per lead is like twenty dollars average cost per lead now. You know, should you really be talking about this? It's like, yeah, but I do it across like three thousand leads a month. Um, like. I, I, I ask myself these questions and then I'm like, well, if I don't share my journey, then I'm not serving society. So I have to come from it from a different angle. It's like, it's not about you. And when you have self-negative talk, when you have imposter syndrome, we're focused on ourselves. And when we stop focusing on ourselves and start focusing on society, start focusing on service, start focusing on gratitude, it's like, fuck off, man. Like you should be lucky that you get to talk to people because you should be lucky that you get to serve people because, you know, some people can't. Um, so it's flipping it from stop being so fucking selfish. And it's like, it is, it's self negative talk. That's selfish. Like if you keep thinking about yourself, then like, that's going to be a downfall. It's like, you need to think about it. It's like, no, I'm thinking about a service, not selfish. Mm -hmm. And that gets me out of it because I know that one person will watch this video or one person will listen to me do a seminar or one person will see that Insta story where I'm trying to, you know, tell them what I'm going through and they'll be like, fuck life changed. And it just takes, it just moves the needle like one degree. And that one degree can, you know, each day can set someone off on a completely different path for the rest of 2019. That's really interesting because it's kind of like a paradox. The two things that we first said for you not to do is like the first one is like, um, well, that one is not not focusing on yourself, focusing on others because if you've got an imposter syndrome um, or negative self-talk, don't focus on yourself. But then the first one you said was 
don't blame others, take self-responsibility. And I love that because I don't think like this stuff, business and stuff is simple. I don't think it should be simpler than it is. And I think like a lot of business books and a lot of gurus out there try and make it simpler than it is. Um, but this idea of paradoxes, like holding two different sides of the equation that are kind of like contradictory is really important. So you need to be completely selfish in, in the sense of taking full responsibility and not concentrating on others and not concentrating on what they're doing wrong and just doing focusing on what you're doing wrong. But then you also need to be like, okay, I can't think about myself at all. I've got to think about others and I've got to not worry about my negative self-talk and not try and overanalyze it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, man, 100%. I think people sit there so long and they think there's something wrong with them. So they have to have a mindset coach or something like that. It's like, you don't need a fucking mindset coach. You need to just take some action because you saying, oh, I need a mindset coach to push through this. That's an excuse. Just push through it. Like mm. you, you're, you're looking for justifications in your current sphere of like influence to justify why you can't achieve that. Because as soon as we can justify it, we're like, oh, I feel good. It's like someone looking at it's like, oh, I'm overweight because I'm big boned. It's like, no, motherfucker. You know, mm. we all have the same bones. Like you're not big boned. You just got to eat less and move more. And it's like we all, we're looking for justifications, right? So it's like you don't need a mindset coach. You just need to take action. You don't need anything. You just need to take action. Yes, you can start doing stuff faster, but – we look, we, we're, we're in emotion, motion. So we're like just in motion more, more than action. So action is you're actually doing things. Motion is you're like trying to figure out how to do things. So many times it's like why people want to read book after book after book or do course after course after course because it feels good to be in motion. But then you're waiting for the perfect moment to take action. There's never a fucking perfect moment. So you have to be in motion, part one. Part two, be in action. Be in motion, part two, and then keep going back and forth. Motion, action, motion, action. And I think that also helps because a lot of us sit in motion too much during the week so we don't take enough action and because motion feels good it feels like you're doing something but you're not actually being productive you're just being busy i'll tell you what doesn't feel good is like doing the shit tasks that you know you have to do like doing the tasks like that are outside your comfort zone and so it feels so much better just to buy another product or like go watch another youtube video and get really inspired like it feels great because it's so fucking easy but mm. to actually sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to have to do this thing. Oh, I hate doing this. Like, it's, it's hard. I don't quite understand it. I don't think I'm good at it. I feel like I'm an imposter. Again, like, it's just the difference between the 10% of people that hit their goals and the 90% of people that set goals but don't achieve them is the 90% are concentrating on feeling good. That's why they set goals because yeah. setting goals feels great. Oh, I'm going to hit a million dollars this year. It's going to be great. <laughs> Because but then, there's consumers, there's consumers and there's producers, man. Um, and yeah. most people are consumers. There's not enough producers in the world. So if you shift from a consumer mindset to a like a production mindset or a producing mindset, that means you're producing the content. You're actually serving society by consuming. You're not serving society. You're taking from society. So you need to start producing more on a one-to-one -one ratio. So then you're actually giving service. And you know, the more you serve. Okay, the more money you'll make. 
that's simple, right? There's a direct correlation. And then there's the competency hierarchy, right? Where it's like the more competence, the more competent you are at something, the more money you'll make. So now it comes down to, okay, I need to become more competent. So I need to consume to become more competent, but then mm. I need to serve to then make more money. So like those two come together and like, it's just get fucking competent and then be in action and you'll start making more money and just stop fucking consuming, but you're actually producing. It's another paradox, right? So this is good. So um, we've got the first two not to do things. So the first two habits is like, yeah, not um, not blame others and to focus on yourself and take responsibility for yourself. But then the second one is stop thinking about yourself, focusing on helping other people. And if you're getting caught in your mindset and you're worried about your own mindset and you're asking like Tony Robbins talks about asking, uh, yeah, asking shitty questions. So stop mm. asking yourself shitty questions like, why am I stuck? Stop asking yourself shitty questions like, why do I feel like an imposter? Because you're never going to get anywhere with those questions. Instead, focus on what you're saying is helping other people and putting them first ahead of your own negative bullshit and your own negative self-talk. But now you're saying the next one is stop producing another habit. I mean, stop, stop consuming. That's another habit to not do in 2019. Stop consuming. But at the same time, you need to have that growth mindset where you're like, well, I need to level up. So maybe being a bit more um, sensitive around like what content you consume. Yeah. Like don't go on YouTube just to like watch some videos. Yeah. Stop scrolling Instagram, you know, uh, you know, because you get stuck in this loop, right? That's why YouTube, it just keeps going to the next video. That's why Facebook and Instagram, it's just constant feeds because they're getting Netflix as well. consuming my yeah, it's nonstop. It's it's literally nonstop. They understand if it is nonstop, they'll keep you consuming. So I think it's like the dichotomy, right? There's this um, same as leadership. You need to micromanage, but you need to give free will. And it's understanding where you need to sit on the spectrum. It's where you need to sp sit on the spectrum of consumption and production. It's where you need to sit on the spectrum of you know taking ownership, but then also just taking action. Um, mm. Like it, it's you have to understand, okay, when do I need to produce more? When do I need to consume more? You know, when do I need to take more ownership? When do I need to just serve? Um, like this is the dichotomy that people sit inside of. And it's over 2019, people need more emotional intelligence to go, where do I need to sit right now to make sure I hit my goals? Mm. I think people get so caught up in the, like helping other people because they'll do a Facebook live or they'll do, um, you know, like a webinar or something and like only one or two people will show up. Um, I mean, like look at us right now. Like we're doing a podcast right now. We're doing it live in the um, Roadmap to a Million Dollars Facebook group. We've got two people watching. So, <laughs> g'day those two people. But, you know, we know we're going to distribute this to, to more people. But at the same time, even if we didn't, it doesn't matter because we know that those two people watching right now are going to get a lot of value from this. And I remember we've talked about this on previous episodes, but you, sa you said that when you were struggling to make money and you were concentrating on trying to make more money, you like stayed stagnant. But then as soon as you switch your focus to um, helping other people instead of focusing on money, all of a sudden you was making more money than you could ever, ever thought possible. And so, yeah, the habit, yeah. another habit to stop doing in 2019 is stop focusing on making money. Instead, focus on helping people and do it in a way where, all right, if each day I have a goal to help one person, at the end of the year, you've got 365 people that you've helped. Like that's only one per day. Like that's the minimum. Like if you're really, really crap at what you do and you only get one person per day, <laughs> you've still helped 365 people by the end of that year. And then 
at the end of that year, 365 people that you've really helped, how many of them have become a client? Maybe like 50 uh-huh. out of that 365? Yeah. Like 50 people, 50 new clients is pretty incredible for a business, right? Exactly. That could be game paying. It could be. I think the biggest thing is like, you know, 2019, like I think um, people are going through a shift and it's, it's, you know, we're product sellers, product sellers, but it's like, no, you have to make a shift to become a problem solver. The better quality or the higher quality of problems that you solve is the more money you make. And, you know, I'm like, I tell people all the time, it's like have a $3,000 product. Okay. And whether if you're a personal trainer, it's like, okay, cool. It's $3,000 for the year of PT, $3,000 for the year of group PT. It could be six months for personal training. I don't really care how you get this $3,000. Um, I really don't care, right? But have this sort of $3,000 product. Okay, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, I need 333 clients. But I want you to have a minimum $3,000 product. And they're like, oh, but what if I'm not worth that? And it's like, okay, that comes down to your own self-worth. But also, too, like the second thing is, is like, if you're what if you solve a better quality problem, you make $3,000. You're just probably solving shit problems. Um, yep. So solve better problems. What what type of problem would I need to solve to make $3,000? And that's a, that's a question. And it's not like I'm not focusing on the money right now. It's like, okay, cool. I know this now. Now I have a product that I'm going to be selling. It's my you know six-month transformation program or it's my uh, one-year transformation program, whatever the fuck it is. I don't care. Um, but you're, okay, how many problems do I need to solve to sell one of those products. And if you go out there and you're solving 365 problems a year, maybe you solve a thousand problems. Maybe you solve a thousand problems. And out of that, 33% of those problems you solve, they buy your product and then you make a million dollar business. Stop playing small, yeah? Like that's a good habit to stop. (laughs) Yeah, like solve three problems a day. Like fuck, just show up every day and you could go, you know what today? I'm going to solve three problems a day. Like that, that's what you did. If you just solve three problems a day, your fucking life would change. And it comes back to how much you care about your clients as well. Because if you care about your own bullshit, like, oh, I could never sell something that expensive or I could never do that. Again, you, you, you're worrying about your own bullshit and your own self-talk more than helping the other person. Like Jay Abraham, who's the billion-dollar man, extremely smart consultant, and he talks about the strategy of preeminence, which is sounds complicated, but basically... If a guy's been in the desert for six months and he walks into your pub and he's desperate for water, um, give him some water, but also give him like saline, give him like medications to rehydrate him, give him everything that he needs, which will best help his health. Um, You know, give him rehabilitation, get him massage for his legs. Jay Abraham says the the business owner, the pub owner that um, is too worried about himself just gives him some water. You know, it's because he's worried that all the other upsells, the guy will turn away. But Jay Abraham's saying, no, don't think about yourself. Think about, well, what's best for this guy? This guy's stuck in the desert for six months. He needs all of this stuff. He needs medication. He needs rehabilitation. He needs all this sort of stuff. And it's your duty as the expert, as the business owner, to give it to him. And so if how this relates to personal trainers is you're just giving someone a $47 ebook or something like that, and you're expecting them to change their life and turn their life around? Like, they've been overweight for decades. They've struggled with self-worth for decades, you know, and all of a, and you're just saying, oh, I just, I'll give them a, a 28-day challenge, but I'm too scared to, to upsell them into my long-term course. No, fuck no. Like, if you actually care about them, you will not let them leave until they sign a one-year contract because you know that throughout that year, 
you are going to change their life physically. You're going to change their life mentally. You're going to introduce them to a new community of supportive people that will just change every aspect of their life. And the business owners that, yeah, are just so worried about themselves, so worried about being rejected, stop doing that. That's a great habit to stop. Oh, it's so true, man. I think like when we're looking at the strategy of preeminence, like you have to ask yourself, like, you know, if I was on the receiving end of this, would I want it? It's like probably, I probably wouldn't want a, want a $47 ebook. You know, I, like I really wouldn't, you know, and then it's oh. like, you know, why would you want to take advantage of that offer? Like what's, what's at that particular time? Like what's in it for me? They have to be thinking like, what is in it for me? Sometimes you have to put yourself into that client's shoes and go, if I could get everything that could guarantee, because people want guaranteed results. If I could get guaranteed, you know, results, like what would I have to do? You know, maybe you have to walk up to their house and wipe their ass. I don't really care. Like if that was what was going to get the results, like that's one of the things. And you might then scale it back. And if I could give them everything, I was going to cook their food. I was going to do their shopping. I was going to turn up, drive them to the gym. I was like doing all the, like, what would that be worth? Okay. That'd be worth like $30,000 a year all this stuff. I was going to like get, get, bring in a massage therapist. I was, you know, going to like, whenever they said, I don't feel like it, I'd poke them with a stick. I, I don't know. Like, but when you go, okay, that's worth $30,000. And it's like, okay, what can I take out? That's worth like 20,000 for the year. What can I take out? That's worth 10,000. And what am I left with? That's worth 3000. Okay. And that's your $3,000 product. You have to think about it like it's reverse engineering the $3,000, but it's not like, what can, I, what can I get in there to make it $3,000? You're thinking about it wrong. What can I add in there? At the very, what's the maximum I could put in there? Like, fuck, there's a thousand pound burgers. There's a thousand pound kebab, right? Like if, they, if they're selling thousand pound kebabs, like you can sell a $3,000 personal training session or $3,000 personal training package. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, like start thinking it like that instead. And the more someone's willing to pay and you're like, oh, but that costs a lot of money. I was like, I hope it costs a lot of money. I hope it hurts people's pockets when they pay me. And it's not because I'm a dick. It's because like, okay, that means you're going to take this seriously. Um, and the more someone's paying and the more like, oh, that actually cost me some money. I got to think about that. And then you go, no, yep, I'm solving a problem. This is actually costing you money. How much is it costing you to not have this problem solved? And then like, okay, yeah, I should go ahead with it. But it's like, if you don't hurt them a little bit in the pocket, then they're just shopping on price or they're shopping on proximity. And then when someone else comes in with a cheaper price or with a better proximity, better location, or it's easier access, they'll, they'll leave on proximity and price as well. But if they're buying based on problem solving, they're buying based on your experience, then they're willing to pay $3,000 every day of the week because all of a sudden you're not selling on features anymore. You're selling on the experience that you're creating and people will pay anything for the right experience and the right problem solving, right? That's why people buy fucking first class tickets. It, like it's why people buy business class tickets, but then some people still buy economy. And those people that buy economy are shopping around for fucking, you know, the cheapest possible common economy ticket a lot of the time as well. And they're like on Skyscanner going through it's like all the rest of it. It's like for us, like it's not just like we're not trying to spit bills, but then you start choosing. It's like we don't want to fly at certain times of the day because of the kids or when we fly, you know, anything over seven hours, 100% we'll fly business class because for us, it's, it's about the experience now and people will pay more for experience and that's what 2019 is it's the experience game mm. yeah spot on i think yeah you know, i was gonna say you're you guys are a classic example 
like around our office, right? There's there's so many like uh, marketing products and business psychology products that like still have the plastic on it because like yeah. you've bought them, but because it's like a ten dollar product, it's like oh well, I'll get around to reading it eventually, right? But if these people actually understood this concept and like upsold you and said, Trav, you know, like I've got this ten dollar product, but what you really need for your business and your gyms, you need to come to this um, day, this special seminar day, you know, it's $10,000 for the day, but like we're going to solve this problem, this problem, you know, complex problems, that sort of thing. Like, of course, you would be like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what I want. I don't want like to read some $10 book like that I might get one nugget out of, but it's going to take me 10 days to get through because it's just filled with absolute jargon So to make sure it's 300 pages long as all the business books do. But I think people need to realize that there's a lot of people out there and um, you say this a lot, Trav, like you are not your customer um, and you got to realize that just the way you um, buy things and the way you spend things and the way you look at money doesn't mean that everyone acts that way. There's some people that just like they want the best of the best thing and if you don't come to them and show them confidence that you've got the best, they'll just move on. They'll just go somewhere else because they don't want $87 discounted to $67 a week thing. Like they don't give a crap. They just want the best result and, the, and they don't want to waste time because that's what the, ne- the next level thinkers are worried about. Not worried about price. They're worried about time and results. Well, 100%, man. I think that's the biggest thing people have to understand. And some people might be listening to this right now going, you know, roll their eyes and say, my people are not going to spend $3,000. The end number is irrelevant, guys. It might be 2000 1000 whatever it is. I don't really care. Um, but the, the what we're trying to get across is like you find you can find the niche market that is willing to, to pay you for it. And you can be in the volume business and that's okay. Um, like RBT is like 200, 250 members per location. Um, we are in somewhat of of the volume business but we're like 87 a week to you know 77 to 87 a week we're not like ten dollars a week okay so we don't need like a thousand members we need like 200 to 250 members um or you could be in uh even a higher margin it could be 200 bucks or 300 bucks a week and you do like 20 to 30 members and it could be mm. that and you could have these mini boutique studios or whatever it is like that's another way of looking at it like it's irrelevant where you're at but you're choosing volume okay if you want or you can choose niche or you can choose super niche like that's up to you as well but either way you have to be producing to even more if you're if you fuck if you're going super niche you've got to produce more okay like so you got to produce so much more because they're like fuck okay they are the specialist they're an authority in the marketplace and if you're super niche that's where you got to sit you have to be like kind of like a specialist when you're in a niche space because like yeah they're good at specific stuff like we're good at body transformations but you know if you're in a you're you're in essentially um a volume-based business then you're just a generalist and you know like Mm -hmm. i said you're competing Mm -hmm. on price or proximity well, yeah, RBT um, has the upsells, right? So even though you've got yeah. a, like a mass amount of um, clients all around from all your locations, you've got the retreats that you can upsell people into, and that those retreats are two, three thousand dollars each as well. Um, that's giving people an amazing experience overseas, right? Um, exactly. But then there's also um, like talking about niche, like there's that guy in the UK who um, he has four spots available each year for um london ceos and it's eighty thousand dollars a year and he only has four spots and uh, he does everything for them he prepares their meals he delivers their meals he trains with them he picks them up drops them off drives them to their gym drives them to the office 
um, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, he has four spots. Um, he's got a waiting list. So as soon as one of those spots goes, he has someone else come in. Yeah, and he's paying, getting paid four times eighty thousand. He's earning three hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, right? And he's only got four clients. Um, but it's just proof that um, it, it can it can work and it can happen. I can't remember that guy's name, but um, when I when I heard his story, I was just like, this guy gets it, right? This guy gets it. Yeah, man, and it's not being a dick either, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a dick, and I'm gonna charge more than people can afford. It's like, it's not that. Like, so don't take this the wrong way. And if that's the way you think, think we're, what we're trying to say, you're like, okay, cool. Maybe you need to actually do some self work. Uh, but what we're trying to say is, you have to actually charge what you're worth. And if you're transforming lives, if you're problem solving the high quality problem and the better you are problem solving, the higher up the competency ladder you are and the more you need to charge for people to take you realistic or you know, they actually listen to you. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. All right. So have we got any, any more not to do habits? Actually, I've got one. 2019, a not to do habit is stop hitting snooze on your alarm. Um, and the reason why this is important is not only do you get up earlier and um, you get more shit done when you get up earlier, it's actually pretty amazing um, what happens when you start getting up earlier. But what are you telling yourself when you're hitting that snooze alarm every time, you know, your alarm goes off each day? Like how does that help yourself talk? You know, when you told yourself the night before, oh, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m., I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., um, you know, and then... Your alarm goes off and you go, oh, oh, just 10 more minutes sleep, just 10 more minutes sleep, oh, just 10 more minutes after that. Oh, shit, I'm late for my first client. You know, you told yourself you're going to get up early. You told yourself you're going to meditate or you're going to get yourself in the zone or you're going to read or you're going to upskill your life in some way. And then you completely backflip on that promise to yourself. Like, how does that go for your mindset? How, how does that change the way you talk to yourself, right? And vice versa, what happens if you get up every morning at 4.30 or 5 a.m.? and you train or you learn or you meditate every single day, what kind of person have you become 90 days from then, six months from then? Yeah, man, I think it's the micro lies. The micro lies is what, you know, bring down you as a person or, you know, when we're looking at uh, Darren Hardy, right, the compound effect, right? These micro wins will give you the body transformation. They'll give you the business transformation. You know, no one really thinks, oh, it's like, like say, for example, you know, doing sales calls. No one thinks, oh, I just, uh, I can't get in the zone today doing my sales calls. Um, so you don't do them. And it's like, that doesn't really make a difference. It does make a difference. Because that one micro lie can lead to another micro lie and another micro mm. lie. And it's like, you know, two days out of five or, you know, three days out of seven. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, 12 days out of the month and it starts to compound. And you're like, oh, I didn't get my results. It's like you didn't get your results because you were making these micro lies again and again and again. And it's just like hitting snooze. It's like I'm going to wake up and then you don't. Mm. It's like that's a micro lie. When you stop lying to yourself, you'll actually get success in life. And, you know, we that's why you need an accountability buddy. You know, that's why you need accountability to someone. It's why I do post my goals, you know, publicly because people know my public failures and people know my public successes. And I'm happy to people to ride me and grind on me uh, when I publicly fail. But you ha if you're going to squash me when I publicly fail, you got to fucking rally behind me when I publicly succeed as well. Um, I think that's what I, I love um, because 100% I succeed fucking more than I fail. And I think that's what I, like annoys people as well. 
Like it really does. Um, you know, we get annoyed when like for, my, for myself, right. And, you know, I, I didn't go to university. Like I didn't understand, you know, like I'm not the smartest dude. So like I'm the underdog, um, for all intensive purposes, right? Like I, I didn't have cash. I sold my car. I lived in my gym and when you rise to success and we get to an eight-figure business and now I'm the underdog to the nine-figure business and that's I'm always playing the underdog mentally for me and like when people get there they actually get pissed off with you I get unfriended or defriended on Facebook by about 10 people a week um and it might be because I'm just annoying as fuck but I, I think it's more so like uh, I like to tell myself like I think your success rubs people up the wrong way um because they look at you and they have the exactly the same tools or resources as you do, yet you're having more success than they are. So they're like, fuck you. You know, it's easier to not hate on people who were given a silver spoon and gifted everything in life. And because then you can justify and make excuses to yourself. It's like, yeah, he's a success or she's a success because they were given it. But when someone wasn't given success and they had to overcome obstacles and they still achieve success, they're like, fuck you, they cheated. Um, and people don't like that. And I think for everyone in here, like if we start thinking more abundantly with our mindset, success will come to us also. So I think that's another shift in um, another shift in 2019. Stop being envious of other people's success i think that's a crucial thing because you know envy comes across as a scarcity mindset and being it's like oh like there's a there's like a lack of resources resources being clientele there's not a lack of resources you know there is more if we're looking in the, the weight loss niche there is more overweight people than ever before we are losing the battle against obesity I please more personal trainers come into the industry because we need you and we need more quality personal trainers, people who want to study, who want to get better, who want to actually do the work and change their lives, who want to provide and produce and they want to actually give service and they want to problem solve. So guys, 2019, stop the micro lies, get up on time, produce the work and actually serve society and stop being envious and actually share abundantly with as many people as you fucking can, the knowledge you have, because that is when you'll probably start making more money. Mm. Well, yes, they form into each other, the micro lies, like the little lies that you don't realize mm. you're lying. Like I encourage people to just put a mark on their hand Every single time during the day, you catch yourself like coming up with a micro lie. Like, so maybe like, um, you know, you're going to be late to a meeting or something, or maybe like, um, you know, you didn't do the thing that you said you, um, you would for your wife. Um, and you think about it, and you're like, oh crap, I forgot to do that thing. And then what a lot of people do, like what I was doing was I was like immediately coming up with like a little micro lie, which would be like, oh, what can I say to, you know, make it sound like I'm not such a shit person, you know, to my wife. And it seems like harmless, right? But, um, well, it doesn't when you actually think about it out loud. But it's, I was shocked because I feel like I'm a very truthful person. I was shocked at the amount of times like I would automatically like go into excuse making mode. Like I would automatically like, oh, what micro lie can I come up with? And once I stopped those micro lies, it's amazing how much that transitions into the next phase about um, like the big lies that we're telling ourselves. And that comes back to the, what you're talking about with envy and with 
like you're talking about sales calls and leads, like so many people go, oh, they're getting good leads and, you know, they're, they're getting a hold of all their leads, but all my leads are shit. All my leads I can't get a hold of. And when you lie to yourself on a micro level so much, it's so easy to buy into that bigger lie as a full-on belief. It's so easy to be like, no, these leads, they're just crap leads. But in reality, the best clients that we have, like the best gym owners, they never have an issue with getting onto leads. And it's funny yeah. that, isn't it? Like, they, like they're always able to get onto the leads. Like RBT, always able to get onto the leads. But then the, the worst clients, the, the clients that struggle the most and the PCs that struggle the most, they just say, oh, the leads are crap, the leads are weak. And they believe that lie. And it's so hard to tell someone that that's not true because they're so used to lying to themselves in so many different ways. Like they literally, I was lying to myself like 20, 30 times a day without realizing it. And just little lies, little lies that had nothing to do with anything. You know, maybe some lies were a little bit bigger. But because I wasn't pulling myself up on those little lies, um, I wasn't realizing when I was lying for real, like big time lies. You know, it was so easy to blame everyone else, blame everything outside of myself. And so, yeah, I agree. Like 2019, stop the micro lies. And then consequently, stop the lies that you're forming around everything else. And it comes back to the first one, which is like taking responsibility, right? Yeah, it's, it's so true, man. Like for us, like the sales thing kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a pain point of mine because like, and I always trying to help people get better and better at it. I'm trying to, I'm always trying to tweak the system so I can get them more sales with them having to do a fucking phone call. Um, but when you're in the, um, and it's not always, you don't always have to do phone calls, guys. So don't let, you know, don't get me wrong with this. The more specialized you are and the more of an authority, the less phone calls you got to do. If I had one mm-hmm. gym, I remember when I had one gym, um, like, man, like I had to do hardly any phone calls. I'd be like, you know, people would rock up for a seminar. I'd be like, it posts a status, get a hundred people to a seminar. I'd sell 40 people at once and never do a fucking phone call. Um, but now like, but that's okay. But like, guys, if you can't post a status um, or can't post on your social media and you can't get a hundred people turning up for a seminar, it's like, okay, cool. Maybe I'm not an authority. And it's like, okay, start producing more content, become an authority and you can start to sell like that. But until you can sell like that, then you need to start picking up the phone and you need to start dialing the numbers. And when someone's like, oh, they're just not picking, they're not answering. It's like, okay, well, you know, it takes on average 11 to 15 times to get hold of someone. Are you calling them three times a day? It's like, no. It's like, are you calling them 15 times this week? Did you text them twice a day to try and get hold of them? And some people are thinking this is like, Oh, this 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 is pretty intense. I was like, yeah, hundred percent, it's intense. These people registered for you to change their life, so you got to go out of your fucking way to try and get hold of them to change their life. That this like moment inside of them where like they sold this ad on the on their newsfeed or in an Instagram or was in Facebook or a Google ad, and it's like, especially when it's like patent interrupt marketing, not like you know Google where they're looking to search you out. And it's like they see this offer from you. Yeah, there was this moment inside of them where they were like, I, I could do this. I need help. And then you have to go out of your way to actually help them. If not, you're like every other person that's let them down. And it is emailing each day. It is sending a text twice a day. It is calling three times a day. You'll normally get hold of them after like the third day, like 15 times later. And most people are like, they'll call 
you know, once a day, if that, and after four days, they'll stop calling. And it's like, yeah, I tried to call them like four times. And I left a voicemail. No one fucking listens to voicemails. Like I 100% don't. Um, so, and then people, a lot of people don't even listen to um, like if it's a private number or if there's a number they don't have, they don't answer. So that's why you got to follow up with a text message and send me like a video MMS. I don't know if they're called MMSs anymore. Who knows? Send them a video <laughs> message. Um, I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, send a video message. It's like, hey, it's TJ here from RVT. Just want to reach out. You registered for our 28-day challenge. I want to change your lives. Like Sally, hold up a sign. She dropped seven kilos in 28 days. Pull another one up. Like Judy, she dropped nine kilos in 28 days. Anyway, I'm not some creep. Just send me a text back and let me know when you want to have a chat about the 28-day challenge. Send me a video message like that. They'll think you're funny if that's you authentically. Okay, that's me authentically. Um, and so people can see if you're being authentic or not. And they'll send you a text back. And that's fine. Like my last text message I send out to people, you know, on like day five, day six, like we send it out at RBT. It's like, hey, Liam, just want to make sure you're okay. I'm reaching out because I've tried to call you 14 times and tried to text you four times. And I've also emailed you. The only thought that I could have for your non-response is you're currently trapped under a filing cabinet without water and you need help. Please text me back to, for me to know you're okay. And like, that's like the last text message we send back. And we'll normally come, well, sometimes we'll get a couple of texts like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> a lot of the time they're like, a lot of the time they'll text back and they'll be like, honestly, that text message is one of the funniest text messages I've had in a while. So like, let's just jump on the phone or, oh, yeah, sorry, thanks for being persistent. People actually start thanking you for being persistent. And that's what you want. And it's like, you had to do like 20 contacts to make that happen. Like our sales guys, we got a sales team of four at the moment. We're growing it back out to seven. We had seven before. But our sales team of four sold $100,000 worth of like 28-day challenges, intro challenges, okay, in the last 10 days, like between the 11th and the 21st of December. So before Christmas, they sold 400. They're at like 490 right now. Their goal was over like 20 days to sell like 600 sales. But in 10 days, they sold 400 sales leading up to Christmas. And most people are like, oh, you can't make sales before Christmas. It's like, yeah, yeah, we made $100,000 of the sales. You know, our sales guys between the four of them made 100 sales each. They were making like 10 sales a day, right? They were crushing it. So don't make the excuse when you're just not putting in the work. And I understand sometimes leads can be frustrating and dialing can be, you know, monotonous, but like, you know, that's business sometimes. The boring shit, you just wake up and you do it because that's how athletes win gold medals. They do the boring shit again and again and again. They didn't just don't do the exciting shit. Hey, here's a new fucking tactic that makes you faster over, you know, 100 meters and go like that. No, they, they fucking did the drills every day and then they win gold medals so guys do the drills every day and you'll win a million dollar business in 2019 everything we were just talking about like can be applied to the sales mindset it's like stop thinking about yourself stop thinking about being uncomfortable oh i don't want to bug people oh again you're fucking focusing on yourself like you're talking tj you're talking about people who thank you for that message that that text message like um you know we named it the um oh what do we name it the the genuine concerned reach out message is actually into our system. Like when we can't get a hold of a client after a few days, we send them the genuine concern text message, which is like, Hey man. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, we're actually really worried about you. Um, you know, we've 
we've sent you all these messages and you haven't replied, like like the least you could do is just give me some respect and tell me that you're okay. Um, and like everyone replies and like so many people, thank you for following up. They're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've been really busy. And I get that because like this happened to me, like American Express were ringing me to try and upgrade my card to the, the business platinum or whatever it was. And like I, they got onto me a couple of times. It was a bad time. I'm just like, oh, sorry. Like just, just ring me back at a, at a different time. And like I reckon it took like two or three weeks they rang me like 25 times and I knew the number every time they rang me and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't answer right now. I'm busy. But then I answered like on the 25th time because I was like, oh, this actually is a good time. And I answered and I was just like, dude, like thank you for actually keep ringing me because I did actually want to upgrade my card. I just didn't have the time to talk to you guys and do go through the whole process. And they're like, yeah, no worries. That's great. And so when you understand that people actually do want to get followed up on, whether it's by text message or whether it's by phone, like they wouldn't have opted into your thing if they weren't struggling. Like they wouldn't have applied for your challenge or your program if they weren't struggling. So they are struggling. They also lead busy lives. Um, and so if you just text them or call them once or twice and they don't pick up and then you go, oh, they're a crap lead, like you're telling yourself a lie. You're putting yourself first. <laughs> you're not. You're not looking after the client. You're not looking after what their needs are. Um, so much of what we talked about can can be distilled down into into sales calls. Um, and yeah, that's the truth behind sales calls. Really, like um, it's hard truths to swallow, right? Yeah, sometimes just putting in the time. It's nothing fucking fancy, right? Mm. How about like hourly rate? around sales calls like people say like i don't have time to do sales calls and it's like dude if you ring someone who's finished your challenge and like they become a year-long member and pay you a hundred dollars a week that's five grand that you earn for that sales call so you make five calls and you only get one person signing up to the five grand that means you made a thousand dollars per call like tell me a better hourly rate than that like Obviously, it doesn't work exactly like that because you have to deliver the service and all that sort of thing. But like name another task that can immediately add a year-long $5,000 client in one hour or whatever whatever it takes to call people. Like there's no other tasks out there that can do that. Um, so when people say like, oh, I don't have time to do sales calls or I need to outsource my sales calls, um, again, lies. <laughs> Just oh, so man. many lies. It's like what's your hourly rate for scrolling fucking Instagram? Or reading like, that you're book. There for, like you're there, literally. Open up your open up your phone right now. Look at the usage of the app Instagram. It's like, trust me, man. Like it takes 20 seconds Scary, to post. Right? Like, but how much time you're spending probably seven hours a week scrolling that shit? Like seven hours a week is like probably you know, minimum seven sales. You know, that's minimum an extra thousand dollars a week. That's minimum an extra fifty thousand dollars a year. Are you getting paid fifty thousand dollars a year to scroll Instagram? If not, Stop fucking scrolling Instagram, right? Like, and then do that with Facebook, right? Okay, I just gave you $100,000 a year just then because I took away those two fucking, you know, tasks that are busy. And you're like, oh, but I get clients through Instagram. It's like, congratulations, but you're not at a stage of your business right now where you should be scrolling fucking Instagram and Facebook. Just put a fucking ad up, let the leads come into your inbox, and start calling. That's at the stage what of your is- business, right? Just measure it as well. All right, you get clients from Instagram. How many clients did you get in the last um, month? You know, all right, I got two clients in the last month. All right, you spent seven hours a week on Instagram times four weeks is 28 to 30 hours. So you got 
two clients from 30 hours of work. So that's 15 hours per client. You're telling me that you could get you could do sales calls for 15 hours and you'd get less than one client? No chance. Mm. If you do sales calls for 15 hours, you're going to get way more than one client. So it's like recognizing the highest and best use of your time. It's because social media is sexy, mate. That's the, that's the thing, right? Like people want to have the followers and there's nothing wrong with having followers, guys. Like it's not. Um, this is not what I'm saying. But if you're not currently doing a million dollars, you're focusing on the wrong stuff. Like imagine if you spent 30 hours a month walking the streets and offering like an intro package of sessions, you would get a minimum of 30 clients coming in for your intro pack just by walking the streets. Like I've done this guys, trust me. And it's like minimum 30. I would say you probably get maybe three an hour, but let's just say you're, you're hopeless at it and you get one an hour. That's 30 people trialing you out. You probably get 15 clients. You know, you're getting 15 clients a week from your uh, 15 clients a month from your social. Probably not. Like, and if you are keep doing it, but if you're not, then you need to do something else. Right. At the same time, you can set an ad up in like two hours, um, build your landing page, set an ad up, like turn that motherfucker on. And all of a sudden you You'll get 30 clients that way too. But then all of a sudden we're taking 30 down to 28 hours. Now in those 28 hours, you're also going to go walk the streets. You'll get 30 from a Facebook or Instagram app. You'll get 30 from walking the streets. Now you've got 60 and you keep 30. And then at the same time, you had the 30 hours of scrolling. Now you've got actually 30 clients in those 30 hours because you change not how hard you're working, but how smart you're working. I mean, we teach like you don't even need to have a landing page. So that cuts down the hours even more, right? <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. But, but, oh man, that that usage apps game changer, right? On the phone, like that's, if people don't know that, but on the iPhone, the new update, like if you, it'll automatically have it already. You just go into your settings and it'll give you your usage. Um, but yeah, I, I worked out that I had, what well, told me I had eight hours a week just on scrolling apps. So on Facebook, Instagram, reddit and so when i realized that oh well we're only awake 16 hours each day if we sleep eight hours and we're only awake 16 hours each day that means every two weeks i'm spending 16 hours scrolling so every two weeks i miss a day so i'm only living 13 out of every 14 days like if you add that up over the course of a lifetime which i did because i'm like a numbers guy (laughs) i I worked out that i'd be scrolling for like five years (laughs) Like five years of my life, I was spent scroll will, will be spent scrolling. Like that scared the shit out of me. I'm Probably just like wear I, your thumb down. <laughs> couple tunnel, but it's like imagine getting sentenced to prison and been like for five years, and you have to sit there and you have to scroll for five years straight, solitary confinement. Um, you know, you're not allowed to do anything for five years. But like that's, this is what we're voluntarily doing, like over this 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 time, and so. For me, I'm like immediately just deleted all my apps, like all social apps. I just like that scared the shit out of me. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Um, like I'm happy to do some downtime. Like my guilty pleasure is Reddit. Like I really like Reddit because I feel like I learn some things as well. It's like I'm not following like just visual images of like sexy people on Instagram or whatever. Um, so like that's my guilty Man, pleasure. I, 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 I only do that. I only do that because I'm a fitness professional and it's part of my job. <laughs> Yeah, like like you tell uh, Liv, you have to like all the um, boobies and to. ass shots because um, it improves your Instagram reach and algorithm. It's all, it's all about the algorithm, man. It's all about the algorithm. <laughs> just a puppet, to, just a puppet to this. I mean, like a, in the in the rat race, right? And I uh, just got to like those uh, TNA shots. 
Does it actually work? Does the more liking actually does increase your reach? Um, it does, man. If you comment on photos, if you like on photos, the more you engage, the higher you rank up in there. But like, you know, I don't know. Um, I talked to our Instagram guy about it. He's like, just keep liking photos, keep commenting, um, and, and it will help you out. Um, I'm like, okay, it's working, right? I, I grow by about two, 300 followers a week. Um, so something's mm. working. Um, so let's just keep on the game and you know i do it for the i'm doing it for the game <laughs> doing it for the life it's not because I, it's not because it's not because i like the the tna trust me <laughs> trust me um all right man we got, so we've covered a fair bit um we've covered like the not to do list is there anything else that people should not do in 2019 mm-hmm. Stop procrastinating. Like, done is better than perfect. Like, I put a post on my IG the other night, like, about this. Like, people need to actually just get more shit done in 2019. Mm -hmm. People are trying to wait for the perfect moment or, like, open the gym, the perfect equipment. Guys, I opened up my gym with, like, half the place full of equipment, half the place not because I couldn't afford it all. It's like, you know, get a fucking life. Like, you don't need to have Mm -hmm. the perfect stuff. You don't need the Alico plates like you, that means you're doing it for you and not them like they don't care like majority of people depends on the gym again but i'm talking like uh you know i'm talking not the like the specifics right now i'm talking generalized people don't care about the type of equipment um that you have in your gym they just want to feel good and they want to have a good experience remember we talked about this before so get it done you know get the, the content out there right you know one is greater than zero so get the content out there, open the gym, make the content. Like I scroll back through my, my YouTube and the guys were like, oh, let's put out these YouTubes from like five years ago when you were business coaching. I was like, man, I don't know. Like it's, it's content was okay, but I don't know about that video um, because, but I used to just get it done. Um, mm. And I talked a lot slower. I feel like I try and get more information out now than I used to. And I was <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Maybe I'm just like kids. I'm trying to get everything done as fast as I possibly can right now. Um, but like they're putting this out. It's like, you know, uh, content from the archives. But like I've been coaching for like six years, coaching businesses whilst growing RBT. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons we want to get it out there. It's like I've been saying the same stuff for six years. So it's not fucking rocket science, guys. Like if you go back and you watch my stuff from like six years ago, it's the same thing. I used to say it's like I'm talking 28-day challenges. I'm talking like solve problems, not sell products. I'm talking like take action. Um, I'm talking get three leads a day, make one sale a day minimum. You know, get 24 leads a week. You know, make your make your 50% sales and 50% upsells. You know, have a product that's you know worthy of of someone paying you decent amount of money. You know, show up every single day. Be the athlete, not the amateur who tries to wait for motivation to come. Like I've been talking about for years. And you know, some people have listened and they're making millions of dollars right now. And some people think that there's a hidden secret that I'm not telling them. And it's like, no, the hidden secret is do the work. Have you ever put out content, like one video or any kind of content that you've regretted? Um. That's really. the fear, right? Uh, That's- yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think, man. I don't think I really have. Like, I get harassed. I get, get trolled daily on my content. Like, every day I get trolls, man. Like, you know, I ha- like I broke out like the last couple of days, like because I've been in the sun. Um, like I break out sometimes when I go in the sun a lot. So, like, literally, 
on my face. Like I have a, a couple little um, spots. And like before doing this, I'll be like, okay, that's what the troll's going to focus on today um, for whoever's watching videos. I'm like, I just know what they're going to focus on. If not, I'll look down and they'll, people will start saying, hey, you're bald. I was like, okay, no worries. It's like, why should I listen to you? You're bald. I'm like, I'm not bald, but thank you. Um, but like, that's what they focus on. But that's them focusing on like we're giving out content right now we're producing to try and serve but they are in such a bad place in their life they have to focus on the one thing that makes them feel better because you know them listening to you is going oh fuck they start to second uh they second guess themselves like maybe i should be doing more or maybe i can do more it's like nah fuck that fuck him he's got he's bald fuck him uh, like that's what they have to switch to um but it's, it's funny, man. Like, I've never actually regretted a piece of content. And also when I look back, um, like, I, I regret sometimes who I am in the content, 100%. I like because I've like fluctuated in, in weight the last couple of years. Sometimes I let stress get the best of me. Um, or I'm like, okay, like I wasn't the best version of myself then, but I like it because I reflect back. I was like, okay, I don't want to be like that again. I don't want to make excuses or micro lies around my training or my health. Um, I don't want to say that you can only focus on, I'm not a one dimensional person. And, you know, at times I was like two-dimensional. I was like wife or I was like uh, business and I was kids or I was just like wife and business. But it's like, no, like I, I'm a fit motherfucker. Um, you know, I enjoy being lean. I enjoy being a great husband who loves their wife. I enjoy showing up for date night every single week. I enjoy, I enjoy being there for my kids, um, you know, with the Taekwondo, with the gymnastics. Like I enjoy the coffees in the morning and I enjoy showing up for my team as I lead, you know, through the three companies, the hundred plus employees, the $15 million worth of revenue. I enjoy that too. Like I enjoy every aspect of my life. I'm not one dimensional. I'm not two dimensional, I'm not three dimensional. I'm four dimensional, right? And that's, you know, I'm probably more, let's hope that I can. Um, but you know, with that, that's what I like to reflect on when I look back. I didn't, you know, go, oh, fuck that piece of content was shit. I'm like, that was good content, but I could have delivered it better. I could have been better when I did it. And that's why actually I like creating content. And it allows me to reflect back two years ago and also pat myself on the back and go, yeah, man, like you, you're becoming the person you need to be. Like you actually are, you know, going to the next level or you're, help, you're actually achieving your potential in life. But I would never be me now. Um, and I'm not perfect, but I'd never be me now if I wasn't me then. And I'm chasing me three years from now. And I'll never become that person if I'm not, you know, the person I am today. And I think that's what we always have to do. It's like chase you three years from now. Chase the version of you who's three years from now. And that's who you're competing against every single day. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think a lot of people, people don't realize, but a lot of your close friends and family, like genuinely want to see you succeed. Um, and I think it's just human nature. We we do want to see others around us succeed because then it helps our own story in our own head go, well, if he can do that, and then I can. That's why we love the underdog, right? That's why we love like different athletes that achieve the underdog success story. And it's always great looking at people's content, like people who blew up on YouTube and going back and saying, I love going watching their first video because you can go onto the YouTube channel and you can go to um, their uploads and then you can sort by... Uh, oldest to newest and you can see like where they started 
Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that does that. Like I, I think a lot of people really enjoy seeing how far someone's come and how, and it's really comforting to see that when they started, it was a really shit first video and like they were stuttering on camera and like they were kind of like a bit awkward and maybe a bit fat because, you know, they hadn't got their whole life sorted yet. But it doesn't matter. It's like really awesome to watch. And maybe it was only like 12 people watching, but like what we said, like, they were putting all of that behind them and they're just trying to serve people first. And I mean, that's what we figured out with this this podcast, this show, right? Because the whole idea of this show is we're trying to create like the most amount of value for people possible. And we're just like, how can we make this more valuable? How can we get this even more valuable to people? And we realized that we were letting, you know, production and quality and all that sort of stuff get in the way of actually just serving and actually just having really deep, meaningful conversations, not trying to like squeeze a tip into a Facebook ad, you know, so we can funnel someone into our funnel, but like literally just breaking down and reverse engineering, you know, your mind and Liv's mind and like reverse engineering success at the deepest level. Um, and we realized like, yeah, we fuck all the fancy cameras and everything. Like, let's just, let's just do this. Make sure it's enjoyable to people listen to. Like, that's why we've got these fancy microphones. But besides that, like, that's all we need. Like, we just need to get it out there and we need to, need to make sure that we're serving people every single week. I think people get uh, overwhelmed in the complexity when, like, I'm a super simple person. Um, like, like, simple works. I think complex tactics don't. And also, like mm. you were saying before, like, just keep showing up. Like, I don't care if one person listens to this or a fucking thousand people listen to this if I impact that one person. And, you know, when people say to me all the time, it's like, oh, I'm going to open up a new time slot. I'm going to open a gym. Like, how many time slots should I have? And I'm like, open up time slots, you know, three in the morning and fucking three at night. They're like, oh, what if there's like only like one person or two people in that like 7 a.m. session? I'm like, then make it really fucking good because there's only one or two people. Like, that's okay. Like, last year... And it's happened, you know, last year, it's happened the year before, it's happened the year before, like, it doesn't matter if I'm flying around the world, um, or if I'm flying to Sydney, or if I'm doing a seminar in Melbourne, sometimes I'll do a seminar, like, just the marketing didn't work, or just, you know, the stars didn't align, and I'm doing a seminar to, like, two people. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm jumping on a plane to Sydney, though, if I can do a seminar to two people. I'm going to rock their world. Um, instead, like, you could lose your mind. They would just go, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. It's like, no. Like, clearly, like, your integrity matters. Show up. Respect them, okay, and give them the best seminar of their life or, you know, show up, train them, and give them the best session of their life. And if you do that, your know, word of mouth will spread and your marketing will get better. It will happen. You'll get momentum. And the more and more you do that seminar, the more and more you do that training session, the more confident you are in doing that training session, the more confident you are at speaking, the more confident you are at selling, the more confident you are at problem solving. Like that 10,000 hour rule actually works. And it might not even be 10,000 hours, but obviously Malcolm Gladwell popularized the 10,000 hour rule. But time under the bar, just like if you're in the gym, time in front of the stage when you're doing the seminar, time in front of the group when you're doing the group coaching, like time matters. And it's not going to be perfect the first time, but in 10,000 hours, you're going to be a hell of a lot fucking better than the start. Yeah, that's spot on. And I think we, we were talking about this before, but like your, your self-talk, mm. 
I'm reading uh, Dave Goggins' book at the moment and, like, it's it's so cool, like, um, all his stuff. Like, he put himself through crazy torture, Navy SEAL, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's like they asked him, like, how, how did you get through all this pain? And he, he says, because I'm a badass motherfucker. Like, I told myself that. Like, I'm the baddest motherfucker. No one's ever done what I'm, I'm doing right now. Like, no one. Like, I've proved it over and over again. And he did that every day by showing up and putting himself through suffering and proving to himself um, just how bad he is and, like, how much of a badass he is. And because he did that over and over again, when he was faced with, like, new challenges, he was able to get through it and he was able to push through it, like, so, so easily. And... We're talking about like what people need to do, what they need to do to show up each day, what they need to do with content. Um, it's about reinforcing to yourself that you're a badass motherfucker. It's not reinforcing to yourself that you're weak and that you always fail and that you always stuff up because, um, you know, something like we always stuff up. We always will have failures, but um, there's failures that, you know, you genuinely didn't know something was going to happen and you learn a lesson or there's failures because you just let your mindset get in the way and you just didn't do what, what you're going to do. Um, and that's, that's the difference, right? And you talked about integrity around like integrity is such a big thing for you. Um, and I, I really want to talk about the, um, the uh, seminar over in um, the States. Can we talk about that story? Um, because like, that's a huge yeah. thing about integrity, right? And if you didn't, do what you what you did in that seminar, like that flows on to the next time you're facing a difficult decision. Um, but like, yeah, tell the story because it's a freaking amazing story. It's it's full on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I guess for me, like integrity is everything. Honesty, integrity, like like these are two things. Like when we're looking at values, like they they are everything for me. Like don't fucking lie to me and have integrity in yourself and integrity. If I say I'm going to do something like do what you said you would do, like that's me. Um, and I try not to lie to myself and I definitely don't fucking lie to others. So when I'm looking at this, like I was, we, we were doing a seminar, I had like 20 people bought a $97 ticket in Toronto. Um, we weren't going to do it in Toronto. And I said to live like, I used to live in Toronto. Let's go back there. Let's do a seminar. We're sitting in Mexico at the time. Um, um, we're like, okay, let's do it. Live, book some tickets. We flew up to LA. We're at LAX. It's like, you know, I dislike LAX, like between the terminals. Like, I don't know, some people might like it. I don't. Um, and like, we rocked up at Air Canada and they're like, man, like, no, nah, you, your book, your, your flight was booked through US Airlines. I'm like, yeah, but we're flying through you. And like, you don't have a seat on our flight. You know, it was booked through US Airlines. They're like, you have to go talk to them. And it was on the other terminal. So we hopped on this bus. We're going to the other terminal. You rocked up to US Airlines. They're like, yeah, you have a ticket on our books. Like, go back over there and, like, take them this ticket. And then you'll get on the plane. And we're like, okay, back on the bus, back over to Air Canada. Like, guys, you don't have a ticket. I'm like, you guys have to fucking communicate because this is ridiculous for us. Back and forth another two times, we didn't have a ticket and the air counter guys is like i don't care what us airlines say you're not getting on this flight to get to toronto you can buy another ticket and fly through like chicago i think it was at the time to get to toronto um but you're not going to get there tonight you're going to get there tomorrow morning at 6 a.m instead i was like guys like or oh, i could fly and get there at like 11 a.m i was like i've got a seminar tomorrow morning 
at 9 a.m. And I was like, there's 20 people. We're already like, it's costing us like, you know, a thousand bucks for the hotel room. It was costing us like, you know, it cost us a little bit of marketing. It was costing us already like $6,000 to fly there. And I was like, fuck, okay. Um, I need to get there. I don't care if it's going to cost me more money because these 20 people are going to show up and I want to change their life. Um, they're like, sir, it's going to cost you six and a half thousand dollars for me and Liv to fly there. Uh, I looked at Liv and I was like, motherfuckers. Um, I was like, they knew that I was in a bind because I'm not like, I'm going to put the seminar off. No, like these 20 people were turning up for me to help them with their business. So I was like, all right um let's do it so i spent another six and a half thousand dollars to fly through chicago up to toronto to arrive at 6 a.m we were like fourteen thousand behind at this stage on this seminar to do um to to do a seminar to 20 people who paid us 97 dollars each and i'm like holy shit i rocked up at 6 a.m i got picked up by a mate and like my mate wanted to pick up another guy on the way through so we're like in traffic for like two hours to try and get to the hotel room I rocked up in the car park. I was like, fuck, I need to get changed. So I'm like getting changed. I was like in my underwear in the car park, pulling my pants on, putting my shirt on, get my polo on. I hop in the lift, turn up. Everyone's like basically sitting there as I walk in. I was like, fuck, I did not sleep last night. Um, and I got changed in the car park. And it's like, bang, you're like, but again, like, you don't wait for motivation. If you're an athlete, you just show up and you get the job done, right? I was there to serve people. And for me, like I'm actually quite introverted. So doing seminars takes so much energy for me, but I love to, I put on a show, right? Like the same as when I'm a trainer, I put on a show. I want to make sure I can elevate their mood and I can give them everything they needed. At the end of the day, um, you know, we had an $8,000 product back then that was an eight week, um, incubator as we used to help these businesses in eight weeks, these fitness businesses make $16,000 and we personally would double their money back. So we were, were out of pockets, great offer, right? So at the end of that, out of the 20 people who got there, 12 of them bought our essentially $8,000 product. So we made $96,000 that day didn't make 100k made $96,000 that one day um so we weren't 12,000 behind we were like you know $84,000 up but we were only going to be $84,000 up because we did what we said we we're going to do. We had the integrity, no matter what, even if I stayed 10,000 down or 12,000 down, it's irrelevant. I will show up, I will serve and I will change lives. And I think if you take that, that sort of mentality into it, it's like, I don't care. I'm going to show up. I'm going to change lives. You're bound to make money. Like the money is just like uh, it eventuates into your life. And I think if more of us in 2019 can do that, then like your business is going to fucking flourish. Yeah. And the thing is like even if you got there and then like no one turned up, um, you know, or one person turned up and you didn't buy and then you were faced with the same decision like a month later where you had to spend like another 15, your 15 grand down, the point is you would do the same thing. I think like so many people read into like micro results too early. Oh, the thing that I'm doing, this content that I'm producing that I'm serving or this ad that I'm running isn't getting me the results that I want. So, I'm going to turn it off because I'm trying to mm. cut my losses. I'm trying to play small, right? So, like you could have cut your losses at 15 grand down. You could have been like, nah, this isn't. this is enough. This is too much. I'm going to cut my losses. But instead... You focused on what was more important 
And then in reality, it ended up being way more beneficial. You ended up $96,000 up or whatever, <laughs> or 96 minus 15 yeah. or whatever, $80,000 up. It doesn't matter. The point is that because you didn't have that playing small mindset, you got rewarded for it. And as you've said, like it, it happens so often that when you put others first and you aren't trying to play small, you're not trying to cut your losses, you're not trying to like turn off your ads because, you know, a few of the leads didn't pick up. Um, I think that's like a really massive thing that I've learned, like being so close with the RBT marketing is that you guys are just running ads nonstop, like nonstop. Um, yeah. And that's the difference between the people that we see that succeed in 2018, the people that are going to succeed in 2019, they're running ads nonstop. Even if cost per leads start blowing out, they don't cut their losses and go, oh, I need to minimize my costs. I need to, I need to cut back because that's like a scarcity mindset. You guys go, no, keep them running. Keep them running. Yeah, man, because we understand self-liquidating marketing, right? We understand that even if it's 40 bucks a lead, and it's not, sometimes it is, but fuck. And it costs me $80 to acquire a customer. I'm making 200 so I'm still up. If it cost me 200 to acquire a customer, if it did, like it's okay because I know I sell one in two into a $3,000 product or $3,000 service. So for anyone out there, if you don't know your numbers in 2019, know your fucking numbers because that what gives you clarity is what gives you confidence to actually spend money on the casino with you know that is Facebook. And when you know how to play the casino, like it's like being able to read cards. Right. It's like, you know, being able to understand. I, like, luckily, I don't get kicked out of the casino or Facebook, like Zuckerberg lights me. Um, but it's like, you know, people get kicked out of the casino when they can read cards because they're gaming the system. I literally mm -hmm. game the system of Facebook because I know that every dollar I spend, I get $4 back in profit straight away. And then after that, I get back like $1,500 on top of that. So, like, why would I ever stop spending money? If I'm guaranteed a, a four to one return on the front end, why would I fucking go to the races and try and bet on a horse that might might not win? I'd rather spend that hundred bucks and you know buy myself another client. I would rather do that every single day of the week. I'll spend thirty thousand. I'll spend forty thousand um, on marketing every single month. I'll spend like sixty thousand. You know, I spent you know eighty thousand dollars this January on marketing, and we got a three million dollar return. Like that's that's good. That's a good ROI. And you don't have to spend 80,000 guys. You could spend 80 and get a $3,000 return. Like that's okay as well. And if you do that every week, like your business is making 150K worth of new clients every single year. Like that would be great as well. But, you know, if you did that, then why wouldn't you spend 160? And then why wouldn't you spend, you know, 320 and you slowly just up your marketing, the more and more certainty you get, the more and more ROI you have, the more and more cash in the bank that you'll have. And guys, like get a fucking credit card, get someone to help you do it right. And like all of a sudden, before you have to pay your credit card in like 50 days, you've bought yourself like 30 clients and you're, you're in the, you're not in the red, you're in the black and you're making money on it. And you're not personally out of pocket. You don't even have to pay the interest on it. Now, guys, don't start if you don't do it right and start making money. You got a fucking credit card. You got to pay your bills. Don't say TJ made me lose money. Like I don't want you to go down that route. Um, like get someone. Like I said, get someone who can tell you exactly what to do, so you have a complete certainty and go buy some clients because that's what you're doing. You're buying clients. Yeah, hundred percent. And the way Facebook 
works is they give you like uh, like almost like an advance on ad spend before you actually have to have to pay them. So even if you're a brand new advertiser, like Facebook will give you like 150, maybe even $300 to advertise. I'm um, sure you have to put in a debit card in order to get it started. But once you start advertising, those ads will run. And then once you've hit $150 in ad spend or $300 in ad spend, those ads will turn off and Facebook will like turn off your ads. But you don't have to pay Facebook back for like six months if you don't if you like don't have the money. Like, but you can use that three hundred dollars to get like three or four like good quality leads, sell them two of them into like your long term service, you know, and within two months you'll be earning like a thousand to two thousand dollars off those two clients, and then you can use that to pay that three hundred dollar bill that um, you had on Facebook at the very start and then you just do it again and do the same process again. Like now, you know, we we get nearly $1,000 um, per billing cycle. So we can spend up to $1,000 before we have to pay Facebook back. Um, and that's works so well, right? Because like what what amount of clients can we generate from $1,000? Like it's pretty pretty awesome that we can do that. Um, and I guess that's the other thing is like I'm, I come from different industries as well, not just the fitness industries and like personal trainers are so spoiled, man. Like gym gyms are so spoiled. Like, like I can't think of any other industry where you can acquire a client and immediately get them paying you more than what it costs to acquire you. Like, acquire that client. Like, working with insurance industries, like where people will take like a twenty to thirty thousand dollar loss to acquire a client. You know, because they know over the course of like five, ten years, they'll earn that money back. And it's just like that in that world, like that's that makes sense. That's smart business. Whereas personal trainers, like, oh, I only made five. Like, I got a ninety dollar client and it cost me eighty five dollars. It's too expensive. And it's like, are you, are you kidding? Like, you you've liquidated like this client acquisition. Like, there's there's not any industries out there that can right. do that. Um. So just like, if you're listening, change your mindset. <laughs> You don't realize how good you've got it and you don't realize in 2019, it's probably going to go away. Like it's probably going to go away. Yeah, exactly. Like 2019 is probably the last year that personal trainers and gym owners are going to be able to acquire clients for, you know, less than $100. That's just my big prediction so with Facebook true. and where it's going. I completely agree, man. Um, I think we might wrap it up there, man. But as Trav was saying, yeah. you know, if you want to get – if you want to get the 29 in the next level, um, you want the accountability. Um, this is exactly what we offer. Um, but you know what? If you don't, if you're not ready to join our programs, if you just want to have a discussion and just want to hear around like what kind of marketing we run, so that we know that if you spend 100 to 200 dollars on ads, you get a couple of clients in. Um, book a call, and um, we'll put a little link underneath this uh, box, um, and we'll also. Um, give you a URL that you can visit. You can see all the happy testimonials, all the other gym owners from around the world that um, have created clients using our systems. Um, we're just using the exact systems that we, we use with RBT. Um, there's 21 gyms. They're all profitable. They've all got heaps of clients. You can literally go to every single one of those gyms and check them out. And um, Yeah, we're, we're just teaching you guys what we're already doing and <laughs> what's working. So if you want to have a conversation with us, Book a call. Um, we'll chat to you. We'll tell you what's working, what's what's going to work in 2019, and yeah, we're able to get give you some clarity on you know how to improve your 2018 results. Yeah, so true, guys. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you on the next episode.